Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? You really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former police sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, Okay. Welcome to the Fusion Cell. It is October thirty first. It's Halloween. Jeremy hates it. He was. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't leave the show for <laughs> two minutes. I did something I wasn't supposed to do, but I had to. Without a mute. Without a mute me. <laughs> I have my Ghostbusters shirt on. I was playing Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters music, and uh, see, Jeremy tried to commandeer Halloween show. And he's like, hey, I have some clips for you. And I said, but I have Ghostbusters. And he said, okay, well, let me call you right back. And then I snuck it in. So that's what happened. There's so no Halloween show. <laughs> we are not a cultist. Although, for all the ladies dressed up as your version of whatever sexy thing it is, you get a pass. Oh Everyone goodness. else, stop being a cultist. Yeah, tonight's the night where... Uh, Young women run around in scantily dressed little Halloween costumes. I mean, they could be anything. They could be a witch. They could be a cat. Like a tree. They could be a tree. Hey, what are you? I'm a sexy tree. Yeah, exactly. Right. What are you? I'm a sexy mailbox. <laughs> Couldn't you tell? <laughs> now that's how you sell something. <laughs> oh, my God. Winning formula. Even com hey, look. Even Congress has called on to the act. So now we have the, uh, uh, I think Jesse Kelly has the Dimes with Congress calendar, right? So uh, when they're like, hey, you know, they don't respect us anymore because we're just a bunch of old, stodgy white guys and some black guys. Uh, uh, so let's get some uh, uh, young ladies in there. That'll make them hate us less, right? So uh, I guess like they say, sex sells. <laughs> I thought tonight we were going to... Uh you know, delve into some Marina Abramovich, some, you know, some really dark stuff, but that happens every day. Which we will. Exactly. We will. We will. We will. It, again. Tonight, I'm going to talk about something much more horrifying. More sinister. More sinister, more horrifying, and actually more likely to happen to you than getting attacked by a goblin or ghoul or hooking up with the sexy tree lady, right? It is that in order to avoid the economic collapse of our nation, those 
demons in charge of us are going to make sure that we are all melted in a million degree nuclear exchange so that we all don't pay attention to the fact that they sent us into oblivion. And then we're going to tie that into the solution, which belongs uh, within the realm of your state capitals and your state legislature. So, uh, wow. but, so we're, we're basically going to tie the warmongering in to the overspending and the people that should be fixing the problem but seem to want to avoid the problem, and that is the state government. Um, and so we're going to do some fusion tonight, Jen. Mm, I'm excited. But I understand. I understand. Everyone has a hankering to satisfy their sweet tooth. And, you know, we have here at the fusion cell. But this is going to be our first promo, Jen. Okay. Off the cuff, not discussed other than the fact that we didn't do it last night. If you've got a hankering for something to tantalize that sweet tooth of yours, have no fear. Because here at the Fusion Cell, we've got Trump honey. That's right. Bam. You can purchase your tiny little bottle of Trump honey and help support Jeremy Brown's defense of your constitutionally protected liberty by purchasing your own bottle of Trump honey. Now, I know what you're saying, but I hate Trump. That's okay. You probably know somebody that loves them. Or, even better yet, buy a bottle of Trump honey, take it to the range, and blow it to smithereens. That will help cure your Trump derangement syndrome. Or maybe you love Trump honey. Yeah. What's that? I said it'll make your bullets sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you love Trump. Maybe you love Trump, okay? And you're going to go out tonight in Halloween in whatever sexy Halloween costume uh, you stole out of your wife's closet. When you get back, you've got the Trump honey. You can pour it all over yourself. It's sweet. It's delicious. It'll be, a, it'll be fun for the whole family, all right? But all kidding aside, we do have an agreement with the producer of the Trump honey bottles. They're kind of like the little bear bottles, right? Except there's a little Trump. And while this is not an endorsement of Trump by Jeremy Brown or Jen or anyone else, uh, it was offered to us as an opportunity to raise funds. And so we're going to offer it to you. So like I said, love them, hate them, know somebody that loves them or hates them. It doesn't matter because there's actually honey inside. You can ignore the bottle altogether. It's still good honey. And it goes for a good cause, and that is to help me fight this corrupt and and uh, twisted justice system in my efforts to expose the Department of Justice and the FBI and the DOD and the CIA and all of these other uh, enemies of the Constitution for which I am sworn to defend you from. And so uh, when you order your Trump honey, simply use the promo code J6. Green Beret, and $5 of your purchase, which I think it's $20 a bottle, which I don't that I don't know how big the bottle is. Uh, we'll get ounces. that information. 16 ounces. It's like 16 ounces. It's like QVC right that's now, a huge Jeremy. Bottle. You're talking and I'm showing oh the product. 
oh, okay. Well, look, here at the Citrus County Resort for Threats to Democracy, we actually get the little uh, bear honey bottles. And uh, let me just quickly pull out my commissary order sheet, and I can tell you exactly. Um, these are a little 12-ounce bottles, and they're five twenty-five, right? Mm-hmm. But, but anybody can buy a bottle of honey that looks like a bear, but only here at the Fusion Cell and anywhere else that has made this exact same arrangement or an agreement, you can get a 16-ounce bottle of delicious American-made honey uh, for 20 bucks, and of that $20, that includes your shipping as well as uh, $5 goes to the Jeremy Brown uh, Defense Fund. So uh, there, there's our first promo ever. Um, hopefully we didn't embarrass uh, the gentleman that actually does this um, uh, too much with, uh, with our poking fun at the, the Trump money because, I mean, come on, folks. It's kind of funny, right? I just want to double check that the code is. I'm just wanted to double check that the code is correct because I just did it live while you were talking, and the code does not appear to be working. But I put spaces in between uh-huh. J6 and Green Beret, so I'm checking with him right oh now God. to see if there's spaces or not. But don't worry, we will get that information <laughs> to you as fast as we can. And that honey's coming right. fresh out of South Carolina, Jeremy. In case see, you didn't know this that. is why I hate Halloween. This is why I hate Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Having too much. But fun look, I am dressing up as an inmate for the third year in a row. Um, just so you all know, in case you're wondering. But uh, all right, there we go. We 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 screwed up the Trump honey promo code. But don't worry, <laughs> we'll fix it. But uh, we'll try it again next time. Look, last night I said, Jen, how can we save the world if we can't even sell Trump honey? I mean, come on, folks. Um, all right, let's get serious. All right. And it's going to probably be overly serious because uh, we really are on the brink of World War III. And the reason is because too many people want it. There are too many people that want war. Our enemies want war. We want war. All the conservative talking heads want war. All the liberal talking heads want war. And so we're going to have war. That's, that's just what's going to happen, and, and that is a horrifying thing. So uh, I'm going to do my best to avert war and to explain why we should not let them dupe us into this war like they have many other times, and who can actually prevent this from happening. Um. And I got the idea from this because I was on Emerald uh, Robinson's show today, and her, you know, one of her questions was, you know, is the state of Florida, you know, the state of Florida has the largest concentration of January 6th uh, politically prosecuted, persecuted, uh, and imprisoned prisoners of this war against American sovereignty of any other of the 50 states. And so uh, her question was, you know, would the state of Florida, could they step in? Would they step in? How have they helped in my case? Which, you know, I don't have anything positive to report from the uh, good old state of Florida. In fact, if anything, they've done nothing but work uh, hand in hand with the FBI. Thanks to Sheriff Chad Chronister, 
uh, providing deputies to help them, giving them permission to violate all my constitutional rights without doing any due diligence. Uh, because, hey, you know, much like the Citrus County Sheriff here, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm happy to cooperate with my partners in the federal law enforcement agencies, uh, even though they have uh, their entire history is based on political corruption and criminal activity. And then, of course, when we tried to enlist the help of Republican Ashley Moody uh, and tried to get her to help, even though, uh, and, you know, because the government directly violated Florida state trust law, uh, instead of helping us, they basically wrote us a form letter like the other night how I discussed if you write to your politicians, they're going to give you some kind of form letter response. And they're basically, yeah, we, you know, we, we don't really see anything that we can do. But what they could do, apparently, is send that correspondence right on over to the FBI so that they knew exactly what types of things we were discussing with our attorney general and our governor. So, uh, you know, that's the report as far as Florida at this time. But, hey, they could wake up tomorrow and do the right thing. I mean, yeah, I've run a business and I give, have given many reprimands to my employees. It didn't mean I fired them immediately or that I hated them. It just meant that, hey, you're not doing a good job. Get your act straight. And, you know, tomorrow is a different day. Like in The Princess Bride, the Dread Pirate Robert would say, good job. I'll most likely, you know, you know, good job. I'll most likely kill you tomorrow. Well, here I'm saying you've done a horrible job, but I'll most likely, you know, applaud you tomorrow. And uh, so uh, that topic that uh, Emerald brought up really got me preparing for a show. And unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of time to go into the finer details. And so that's why I wanted to talk about it in a little bit further depth on our podcast tonight, because see. It really did that the state government maintain the power and to use that power to keep the federal government in line, to keep them in check. So we're going to discuss a little bit more of my favorite reference point to what the founders thought about the Constitution and what they meant, and that's the Federalist Papers. Uh, there's other aspects, but in jail, I only have a limited uh, library that I could pull from. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how the state governments have basically willingly surrendered their power uh, to the point where now the federal government doesn't even ask. They just take whatever they want. They just pass whatever they want. No, nobody's going to stand up to them. But there is some good news. There are some states that have done some some good things, and we'll talk a little bit about you those. One minute left. And we're going to tie this into the fact that the states need to step up now before we all get melted into oblivion by these demons that are running our federal government and running us headlong into uh, a nuclear holocaust over ridiculous things, right? The state governments need to step in and save us. The, the federal government is putting us into a national security crisis through our national debt and our overspending, and they're using the war to cover it up. So, Jen, if you could, please, at this time while I call back, play the Family Guy clip to explain the current situation 
on Washington and how they're debating whether we should join the wars. I got you. The caller has hung up. All right, folks, this is a real document here. This is practically a documentary. Family Guy, of course. Well, Mel Gibson, this is one piece of crap the world will never have to suffer through. I am so clever. That's why they picked me to convince Congress to go to war. There is no just cause for an invasion of Iraq. Well, that may be. But what we're all forgetting is anyone who doesn't want to go to war is gay. I want to go to war. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We should definitely go. I was the first one who wanted to go to war. Uh, the group think at the very least, that would be the best of it. But that's, um, that's not what's actually going on. Unknown caller. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free call, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Hello? Hey, if you don't want to go to war, you're gay. I'm not gay. Let's go to war. <laughs> Let's see, this is how we know that that's a mythical clip because that doesn't work on Lindsey Graham. All right, so... We have the worst issues here at home that we've likely ever faced, okay? Yet our so-called leaders seem to only be concerned with telling us about all these problems overseas, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's Taiwan, whether it's Israel or Yemen or Djibouti or Sudan or Somalia or Venezuela. Like, all the problems are overseas, and there's a great quote, and I tried desperately to direct Jen in a way to find it. So I don't think, Jen, you weren't able to find it, were you? No. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. J.I. has failed us. That's an issue of recall on the Jen Intelligence Unit that we just paid a lot of money for. All right. But it's a quote from some, I think he might have been French, whatever, some some revolutionary time uh a time frame, philosopher, leader, whatever, and I swear I wish I could remember. But in essence, the quote says, the greatest loss of liberty comes at the threats that we're told are foreign threats, right? You know, look at the Patriot Act, the post-9-11 America, uh, you have the Patriot Act, all of the liberties that we've lost. I mean, think about children that were born after 9-11. They will never know the America that existed just a mere 25 years ago. That is how transformational the so-called threats were that were you know, generated. I mean, look at uh, World War II, right? The American people did not want to get involved in World War II, right? And yet Pearl Harbor drug us into World War II. And then look at the threats to liberty that were born out of World War II. Now, we speak about them very highly, Oh, that was when we all came together and we rationed. They literally rationed at the behest of the federal government food and fuel. Then they set up internment camps for Japanese, even 
Japanese Americans who back then were just Americans, right? These are all encroachments and violations of liberty. Why? Well, because, I mean, it's an emergency, right? Every emergency apparently causes some type of encroachment. Why? Because those that seek to rob your liberty will always develop the emergency necessary to rob you of that liberty. In fact, here locally, and when I say here locally, I mean my my hometown of Tampa, we just had a typical bar fight gang shooting, right? In Ybor City. Was it crowded? Sure, it's a bunch of nightclubs. But any shooting at a nightclub is going to be crowded, right? And so two people were shot and killed, and then a bunch of others were wounded. Do you know that since the original story broke, which was, you know, two warring gang members or whatever were involved in a shooting, that now, you know what it's described as? Hmm. A mass shooting. Oh, yes. It's a mass shooting. Well, not really. But see, it is because they define mass shooting as three or more people injured. So this is how they manipulate the language in order to create their emergency, in order to create the environment in which they deprive us of our liberty. Do you know that by that definition, if me, Jen, and two other people are in a room, and I were to shoot, well, actually, Jen would most likely shoot me, okay? So Jen shoots me, I have a bullet hole, but I don't die. And the other two people are scared, run into each other, knock themselves unconscious, that that is a mass shooting by definition because there was a shooting and three people were injured. Nobody died. And Jen never intended to harm the other two people, but yet it is defined as a mass shooting. And this is where you get the inflated mass shooting numbers and this is how they manipulate the narrative in order to say, oh, America is so dangerous, right? But see, they don't tell you about the hacking deaths that happen in you know, Africa or over in Asia. They don't tell you about uh, you know, uh, all these other forms of much worse death in all these other countries. No, because why? Because their agenda is to rob us of our liberty to keep and bear arms, our right to keep and bear arms. Why? Because that right is in place to protect us from them, right? And so they always create an environment to rob us of our liberties, right? So we've got all these issues and problems here in the United States. We've got our economy on the brink of collapse. And so what do they do? They manufacture fake economic numbers. But the reality is you can't survive and sustain this level of debt. And so let me break it to you down as if it's your household spending, right? And so you know, $33 trillion doesn't mean anything to anybody because nobody can comprehend that figure, right? But you should really write it down on a piece of paper with all the commas and the zeros, and you'll be like, oh, my gosh. But $33 trillion of debt, you know that the United States government only takes in just over $4 trillion a year in tax revenue. But yet we spend in excess of that by currently about $2 trillion. So we're spending 50% more every year than we actually take in in tax or in some type of government revenue on 
$33 trillion of debt, which many estimates are that we're actually well over $100 trillion in debt if you look at all the other things that aren't factored in to what they consider national debt. So if we were to break this down on in household numbers, that would be the equivalent of a $75,000 a year household, right? That's roughly $6,300 a month. Now, we're not going to talk about taxes and all this other stuff. We're just going to use nice, easy numbers. That's the equivalent of a household that makes $6,300 a month, spending $9,400 a month, almost just over $3,000 more than they bring in with their paycheck, and having credit card bills that are at $620,000 already. That is the equivalent of our national economy right now. It's unsustainable. And you know who knows that? Every single politician and bureaucrat and lobbyist in Washington, D.C. You see, they know that the ship is going down. And that is why they're clamoring for war, because war is their easiest distraction from their failures and corruption. Failures that are leading to be conquered by their betrayal. We are going to be conquered by foreign power, and it's very likely going to be soon. See, the reports now are that we don't even have enough artillery shells for our own military. And then in the same breath, Mitch McConnell is saying, but see, what, but you don't understand. Yeah, I know. We don't have enough bullets for our own military. But see, if we give money to Israel and Ukraine to buy them bullets, well, well, then that means we'll be able to make bullets and we'll make money. Wait, what? You just said that we don't even have bullets. So if the production capacity that is already have has us in a bullet shell, artillery shell deficit, can't keep up with what you're already giving them, then how are they going to keep up with all these purchase orders coming out of Ukraine and Israel after they launder and embezzle most of the money, right? This is the insanity. But see, they just figure that you're too busy watching football. They're, they figure that you're really interested in the Golden Bachelor, right? Because this 75-year-old guy is going to hook up with this 22-year-old chick. That's what they're hoping. They don't want you to pay attention to the fact that they know that the ship is going down. And so they're grabbing everything they can off the buffet line, like we talked about the other night. They were in the hold underneath the waterline and saw the breach of the hole. They know that we're taking on more water than we could possibly uh, pump out with the bilge pump. Jeremy. So instead of them running up and telling the women and children to get in the lifeboat, they're grabbing all their stuff. They're getting in their face and stuffing their pockets with all their jewelry and diamonds and gold bars. They're filling up their, their picnic baskets with the buffet line. And then they're going to get in the lifeboat. Hey, Jeremy. See, that's what happens. Yes. I just want to talk about two things. You're, you're, you're talking about, you know, mass shootings and how, but what I'm noticing here is what you said first, they're changing the definition of things. Right. And we've been seeing this over the last few years, but just what you're talking about now uh, they're changing the meaning of what a mass shooting means. And then when you're also talking about what's going on with the money, they've absolutely changed the money, uh, changed the definition of what a recession is. 
So of course, along these lines, they're changing. They're, they're literally changing what we're talking about with the language. Well, yeah. It's news speak. Everybody what's happening. And was it look, Jen, it wasn't election drawn. It was election fortification. Everybody knows that. Right. Right. It literally is 1984's double speak, double, double speak, du- yes. news speak, news speak. Right. Okay. Yeah. It it is the altering of the way we communicate and the dumbing down of the populace so that we don't understand what they're doing. And you're right. And and you're probably thinking, man, Jeremy's all over the place tonight. What the hell does mass shootings have to do with an economic collapse? Um. You ever heard of saying, uh, grab the torches and the pitchforks? Well, guess what? The Second Amendment are, if the things that are protected in the Second Amendment are the pitchforks and the torches. See, they know what's coming. They know civil unrest is coming. And so instead of worrying about all of these other problems, what are they worried about? Labeling us all the problems calling us domestic violent extremists or white supremacists or anti-Semitic or Islamophobic or whatever, right? Because see, that's their justification to then take away our pitchfork without saying, um, hand me the pitchfork before you stab me for destroying our country, right? They have to mask why they're trying to take our guns away because they know why they're trying to take them away. Because they know that we are going to probably want to hurt them once this all falls down. And so they have to take the guns away first. And then they'll say, surprise, uh, we're all on the lifeboat, a happy sinking of the Titanic. This is what is happening. And so these wars, one, it'll get rid of a lot of people that would have been holding those torches and pitchforks because a lot of people are going to die even in a low-yield tactical nuclear exchange, even in just a simple ground war with depleted uranium rounds. I mean, war is the quickest way to kill people. And they know that. That's why they love it. And they know that we're catching on to this whole economic crisis because how much longer can you afford to pay 30% more each month for the things that you used to be able to buy? How much more are you going to pay for a gallon of milk or a carton of eggs or a gallon of gasoline or your electric bill? I mean, how much longer are you going to be able to tolerate it? See, eventually you won't be able to tolerate it. See, you should really look into the Weimar Republic. And how hyperinflation led to the conditions that led to the Second World War, right? I mean, these things, uh, look at, oh, well, let's see, when did World War II happen? Uh, in America, what, what preceded World War II? Uh, it seemed a lot like there was a Great Depression. <laughs> I mean, they always used war, like Smelly Butler said, war is a racket. One, yeah, of, the aspects of, one of the aspects of this racket is to cover up their pilfering of the treasury. It's basically like a big reset. Yes. But see, in the past... For centuries, they've done it like this. It's happened since the beginning of humanity. But remember, war used to only be profitable when you won through conquest. 
But now it's profitable through protraction and prolonged fighting. Never winning. You don't need to win in order to actually get rich off of it. So uh, when we come back, I'll continue to explain how the economic aspects and the war are all part of the same big emergency and that it is the state that needs to step up and take charge of this country again. Sounds good. The caller has hung up. I want to play a video uh, real quick for you. This is our amazing vice president. Violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. And let us be clear, it does not have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. Gun violence oh. has terrorized and traumatized so many. She's pointing to Australia as being a model country when that we should be looking toward to model ourselves after. Okay, yeah, they don't have obviously don't have a second amendment like we do, but what else Unknown happened to caller. them during COVID? COVID forcible removal. This call is not private. It will be recorded so and maybe monitored. That's what's being teased out there. Should be a private call. Please hang by up the vice president. instructions to register this number as a private number to accept this free call. Press one to refuse this free. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right, Jen. I don't know if you're reading my mind or not, but did you happen to play the perfect segue? into this discussion, the clip from They Live. I should have. Instead, I played Kamala Harris uh, saying that we should be more like Australia with no guns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, please, can we be more like Australia? Because see, in Australia, I wouldn't get shot at when they figure out what we're doing to them. Because see, they already took the guns away from the Australians. And that's why during COVID, you saw the government just you know, walking around with their nightsticks, just beating the crap out of Australians because they weren't wearing masks outside in public. So, yeah, that is the world they want. They want the world where they can easily hurt us without fear that we can hurt them back, right? But now would be the perfect time to play the day live clip because this is really the condition of our uh, so-called leaders in Washington, right? So, Jen, if you could, please. All right. So many. That's all it is. You boys understood. It's business. That's all it is. You still don't get it, do you, boys? There ain't no countries anymore. No more good guys. They're running the whole show. They own everything. The whole goddamn planet. They can do whatever they want. What's wrong with having it good for a change? And they're going to let us have it good if we just help them. They're going to leave us alone. Let us make some money. You can have a little taste of that good life, too. Now, I know you want it. Hell, everybody does. You do it to your own kind. What's the threat? We all sell out every day. Might as well be on the winning team. See you, boys. <laughs> Might as well be on the winning team. That's right. And so, look, I don't know. 
if they're aliens. I don't know if they're demons or if they're just megalomaniacal global elitists. But the bottom line is that they are running the world and uh, everyone else who isn't running the world is either about to be killed in their mass war or they're all getting on the winning team, right? This is the pilfering of the treasury before the ship goes down because they know that we're doomed because they're the ones that have doomed us. But see, they have seats in the bunker, right? They already have the QR code to get on the escape plane, like in the movie Greenland or 2012, right? They have security and food during the civil unrest that's going to follow the nuclear exchange. Because, see, our manufactured enemies will soon strike us with the help of all three branches of our federal government. This is, these are the times and the events that our founders foresaw and planned to prevent through the way they structured the Constitution. But see, that structuring of our government has been subverted. See, we've ignored our Constitution, and therefore these aliens or demons or globalists, whichever group it is, who cares, they know that we don't know the Constitution. They know that we don't know our history, and so therefore, over time, they've progressively usurped the authority away from the states, and now the states just basically act like they answered the government. But see, this was all foreseen, because here, I'm going to read this to you. This is from Federalist 26, written by Alexander Hamilton. So listen to this and tell me if this sounds anything like what might be going on right now. Alexander Hamilton says, Schemes to subvert the liberties of a great community require time to mature them for the execution. An army so large as to seriously menace those liberties could only be formed by progressive augmentation, which would suppose not merely a temporary combination between the legislature and executive, but a continued conspiracy for a series of times. Is it probable that such a combination would exist at all? Is it probable that it would be uh, persevered in and transmitted along through all the successive variations in the representative body, which biannual elections would naturally produce in both houses? Is it presumable that every man, the instant he took a seat in the National Senate or House of Representatives, would commit a traitor to his constituents and his country? Can it be supposed that there would not be found one man discerning enough to detect such an audacious conspiracy or bold or honest enough to apprise his constituents of their danger? If such presumptions can fairly be made, there ought at once be an end to all delegated authority. The people should resolve to recall all the powers they have heretofore parted with out their own hand, parted without of their own hands, and to divide themselves into as many states as there are counties in order that they may be able to manage their own concerns and purpose. I mean, in person. This is Alexander Hamilton saying, 
that basically the growth of a federal government would require that there be this prolonged conspiracy of men that don't care to answer to their constituents. Sound familiar? This is why the Constitution was structured the way that it was to prevent this. Why? Because the easiest way to do this would be to make the elections all democratic, because then all you have to do is trick the masses. And we all know that the masses are asses. We just simply use propaganda, myths and disinformation. We just smile at them, shake their hands, tell them lies so that they vote for us. See, this is the known danger of democracy, known to our founding fathers, which is why each branch and each portion of each branch was chosen in a totally separate means. The House of Representatives was democratically elected in small districts. One representative for every 30,000 voters. The Senate was to be chosen by the state legislatures. The president by the Electoral College, again, a figure of choosing through state power. See, the state legislatures and the Senate or the state may choose to allow the people to select those electors. Either way, each state got to choose how their electors were not only selected, but also apportioned. Some states do proportionate electors. Some are winner-take-all. Judges were selected one way, right? And so this is what the founders intended. Why? Because Benjamin Franklin said democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what to have for lunch, and liberty was a well-armed sheep contesting the vote. They knew the dangers of democracy, which is why in section uh, in the Article 4, Section 4, they guaranteed us a Republican form of government, not a democracy. But yet, what has Congress done? Congress has quickly moved to violate the Article 1, Section 2 stated ratio of representation of one representative for every 30,000 citizens. Now that ratio is one in 750,000 approximately. But yet there's no constitutional amendment that changes that ratio. It is stated in the Constitution. The failure to abide by it is a constitutional violation, which we should all do. Because see, now our voice is diluted from one to 30,000 to one in 750,000. And then they go on and say the Senate, instead of now and senators being chosen by the state legislatures, of which state legislators are again selected in districts that are very small, right? So therefore, if the people didn't agree with who the state legislatures chose to be the senators, they would easily be able to remove those individuals. But instead, they amend the Constitution through the 17th Amendment, making senators chosen by democracy. Why? Because these democracies are very easy to manipulate, which is why Hitler used democracy and Saddam Hussein used democracy and all the tyrants always use democracy. They get 100% turnout and 100% of the vote because it does not matter who votes. It matters who counts the vote. That's Stalin. Clearly, he believed in democracy because he allowed people to vote. But see, 
our founders knew that that was a flawed form of government. And that is why our state legislatures should take the power back from these corrupt federal tyrants. It is the true purpose of the form of government, right? And so let me read to you uh, a very another quote from Federalist 26, right? And again, this is describing the relationship between the federal government and the state. Now, it pertains to standing armies, which you've already talked about last week, but it is stating that it is the state to directly oppose the federal government. So Alexander Hamilton writes in the 10th paragraph of Federalist 26, independent of parties in the national legislature itself, as often as the period of discussion arrives, the state legislatures, who will always be not only vigilant, but suspicious and jealous guardians of the rights of the citizen against the encroachment from the federal government, will constantly have their attention awake to the conduct of the national rulers and will be ready enough if anything improper appears to sound the alarm to the people and not only be the voice, but if necessary, the arm of their discontent. Now, Alexander Hamilton capitalizes voice and arm, which means he was yelling by today's communication standard. And their discontent is referred to the people's discontent. See, the state is to be our voice and, if necessary, our armed force against the encroachments on our rights from who? From Hamas? From Russia? From China? No. From the federal government, you know, the grand conspiracy that makes us all domestic violent extremists. See, this is the relationship that our founders believed that our state should have between the federal government. Why? Because the Constitution is merely a contract between the states delegating authority, but not responsibility. And I learned that in the Army. They delegated authority in certain matters, certain but limited authority. And they clearly define these areas as we, as we discussed in Article 1. They clearly lays out what the legislature can make laws about. And yet, now they make laws about anything they want. And the states willingly go along. Yes, them. Yes, them. Whatever you say, federal government, just don't take away my federal dollars, please. Don't take away my federal dollars. This is an improper relationship and not the way it was laid out. Because see, the founders put this in writing in the 10th Amendment and literally say anything not covered in this Constitution or defined is to be left and respectively left to the state or the people. So all of these things that our Congress currently does, all of these wars that our Congress currently gets, all of these spending programs and giveaways to their donors are all violations of the Constitution for which the state should be clamoring against, but yet they don't. Although there are some bright spots. We've got a couple of legislatures out there, like Missouri, who have said, you have it is left. now... It is now illegal in Missouri for law enforcement 
to enforce federal gun laws. How about that? I don't even have a soundboard. That's me actually clapping for the state of Missouri. The crowd went wild. There you go. <laughs> You've got Louisiana going against the violations of the First Amendment and going after big tech collusion with the federal government. And you've got Texas that is going against the federal government as their, for their violations of Article 1, Section 10, Paragraph 3, which says if we're actually invaded or in such imminent danger that will not admit delay, we can act. And that is what Texas has been doing. And now they're fighting with the federal government over the ability to defend themselves. And that's what states should be doing. So. We will continue in one more call. How about that? Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. Why are we in New York? I thought we were going to the Grand Canyon. Well, I just thought we should stop and pay our respects. Ground zero. So this is where the first guy got AIDS. Peter, this is the site of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Oh, so Saddam Hussein did this? No. The Iraqi army? No. Some guys from Iraq? No. That one lady who visited Iraq that one time? No, Peter, Iraq had nothing to do with this. It was a bunch of Saudi Arabians, Lebanese, and Egyptians financed by a Saudi Arabian guy living in Afghanistan and sheltered by Pakistanis. So you're saying we need to invade Iran? <laughs> oh, that's where we're at, folks. It's very complicated situation, but always follow the money and you will find a lot of the answers. Not all of them, but a lot. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press. One, to refuse this brief, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. So let me ask you all a question. Be honest. Before I assigned the homework of reading Federalist 26 to 29, did you know any of these things that Alexander wrote about or these explanations as to why certain things are in the Constitution? It, did you know any of these things are even in the Constitution? Like the fact that the Constitution states that representatives should be one representative for every 30,000 citizens. I got a couple. Did like, you know that? I got a couple answers for you, actually. Um, KMN10 uh, is kind of agreeing with Leto because Leto said something earlier saying that Hamilton was for bigger federal government. And so KMN10 is saying, Leto, that's what I recall about Hamilton versus Jefferson. Hamilton was for bigger federal power. Jefferson was for states. Well, now remember, there's variations to that debate. Hamilton was for a strong central federal government, right? But I'm reading you his words. I mean, these are his writings. He's writing about the state being the counterbalance. He's not saying the federal government. In fact, in other writings, he writes about why the federal government should be strong. Even in these, these four federalist papers, he describes that the true relationship the federal government should have 
that would that would prevent the need for force is that they have a better relationship working in conjunction with the state. But it's no doubt that he clearly saw the state as the direct counterbalance as a check on that federal government's power. Hamilton is also often thrown under the bus for supporting a central bank, which I agree. He should be thrown under the bus. In fact, we should have Aaron Burr shoot him. Oh, wait, that already happened. But that doesn't change the fact that he understood the role of the federal government and the state government and that the current structure of our federal government is nothing like the federal government that Alexander Hamilton supported. He supported larger federal government than they wanted at the time, but nowhere near the the, the, the huge octopus with tentacles in every aspect of, of human life like there is today. So, I yeah, I can agree with that discussion, but again, remember, uh, the federal government that he's talking about is definitely nothing like the one that we're facing today, and he truly understood that as a check and balance of which the Constitution checks and balances, he saw the state as that counterbalance, right? In fact, I have another quote, but if you've got more comments, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off and I'll read this other quote. Um, came in 10 saying, seems like Hamilton may have been the JFK of the founders. Oh boy, I don't know about that. I think <laughs> Franklin was more of the JFK if you mean by like sleeping with a bunch of different women. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I but, got rid of my notes already, but what, uh, oh, she's saying considered a conservative by today's standards. JFK would have been considered a conservative by today's standards. That's what she said. Well, yeah. I mean, look, because we always tend towards tyranny and despotism, everyone from the past is always going to seem more conservative than today. It's just like in the army. We always say, oh, back when it was hard, right? Oh, I went through ranger school back when it was hard. To the new kid, but then my uncle who went through in 1972 would say, well, I went to Ranger School back when it was hard. Because why? Because it always gets easier whenever generation, right? Yeah. And so uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. We look back at politicians uh, and juxtapose them with politicians from the past and say, wow, they were waking more conservatives back then than they are today, right? Like the blue doll Democrats, which really we know that's totally not true because it's actually the Democrats of way back when that formed the KKK, but I digress. But, but you're absolutely right. I mean, when we look backwards, you know, things always seem to, you know, devolve into chaos because that's kind of the way evil has to go. Any, um, any other comments, Jen? I'm not from the audience. The only thing I was going to tell you, I, I already erased my notes, but I had... Um... I picked out three quotes from each of those papers. And I recall that um, there were some passages when I was reading, I was like, uh, do I, is he saying what I think he's saying? Cause it sounds like he's really pushing for a large federal government and that's making me uncomfortable. But just what you're saying now, like you don't, he could not have envisioned what's going on now and the reach that they have Um and how they really stamped us down through everything. He does have a quote in there, though, where he talks and he says, um, if it comes to the point where you find that everyone in office is working against you and is basically traitorous, um, that's another reason to go back to the states. Do you recall that? Well, right. Yeah. Just like that one, that just that one quote that I just read is that 
if all these things happen, then everybody should basically bust government down to the smallest level possible in order to maintain their rights. And look, let's not confuse large with strong. Hamilton was not for a large federal government. He was for a strong federal government that had the appropriate to make these things happen, right? Not the behemoth. Look, if he was for a large federal government, well, then the federal Federalist Papers would be full of the EPA, the Department of Education, uh, the Department of Defense, the State Department, and all these other things, right? They would, they would have established all these bureaucracies that we have today, but this wasn't the case. The Constitution doesn't establish all of this, right? Mm-hmm. The idea was he believed the federal government needed to have a strong grasp on the authority in order to keep the union together. And of course, many believe that no, we should have much more concentrated power, but see, that's where we ended up with what we had. So they negotiated all those aspects out and the constitution as written is the way it's supposed to be, but it is certainly not the way that it is today. And so let me let me just read this, uh, this last you know, couple of sentences uh, and you know, he goes into it a little bit more. And this is the, the last sentence, uh, uh, the, the last sentence of paragraph eight from Federalist 28. And it says, it may safely be received as an axiom in our political system that the state government will, in all possible contingencies, afford complete security against invasions of the public liberty by the national authority. Now, let me just make a small little grammar point here. Alexander Hamilton capitalizes state government, but uses lowercase to describe national authority. And see, this is common throughout the route, the writings of our founding fathers, right? Because see, they saw the state as sovereign and the federal government as a cohesive entity, a contractual agreement between all the states which is why all the states ratified the Constitution, right? They wanted everyone to be in agreement upon the powers given to federal government, but that they're to go no further than what they wrote in that document. So it goes on. Projects of usurpation cannot be masked under pretenses so likely to escape the presentation of select bodies of men as of people at large. The legislatures will have better means of information they can discover the danger at a distance and possessing all of the organs of civil power and the confidence of the people. They can at once adopt a regular plan of opposition in which they can combine all the resources of the community. They can readily communicate with each other in the different states and unite their common forces for the protection of their common liberties. They're talking about, Hamilton here is talking about the state uniting against the federal government's invasion of the public liberty. And so this is nature of the way our government is founded. This is the authority that the states have. It's the duty and the responsibility of the state to say, uh, hey, uh, Georgia, this is uh, Florida down here. Um, can you believe what Biden's doing? No, nah, I don't think this is good. Uh, we should call uh, uh, South Carolina and uh, Mississippi and see what they think. 
And see, the states have all the power. The federal government only has a few powers granted to it by the United States Constitution. And see, if the states don't hold the federal government accountable, well, then the federal government's not going to be accountable, right? I mean, so like John Durham. John Durham gets up there. He was made the special prosecutor to hold accountable the FBI during the so-called Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, right? And then instead of actually holding them accountable, he gets up there and testifies that we really need to have somebody hold them accountable. It's like, uh, hey, John, that was you. You're the one that's supposed to hold them accountable. You're the one that's supposed to find who the criminals were and then prosecute them. It was your job. You're the special counsel. What seems so different? The federal government's looking around and they're like, well, hey, hey um, they're not going to check what we're doing. Let's try this. And then let's try this. I mean, it's to the point where the president of the United States openly said, I know this whole college uh, uh, loan forgiveness. First of all, college loans are unconstitutional, but then the forgiving of the loans is also unconstitutional. But he says, ah, I'll just have to figure out a way around that whole constitutional thing. I mean, this is how blatant the problem is. And what has it led to? It has led to a dangerous national debt to the point where now these same warmongers, in order to cover up all their corruption, all their pilfering of the treasury, all their turning over of our currency to private banks to the Federal Reserve, cover up their crimes by starting a war, a war that they won't fight, that you and I will fight. And then if that war is not good enough, they're going to want us to war with each other, black against white, heterosexual against homosexual, uh, male against female, right? Liberal against conservative, red against blue. See, right. all, they, all they want is us to be distracted so that they can continue to rob us blind. And once their pockets are full, they're going to hop on the plane and fly out to their bunker, and they'll be like, all right, uh, Vladimir, go ahead and uh, launch that strike. Okay. And they, they've all placed their bets. I mean, look, they're a bunch of sickos, okay? The state legislatures and the governors have surrendered or willingly allowed the federal government to usurp their authority and worth their responsibilities. Here's a perfect example. I just heard a story about how Tennessee is suing the federal government for federal funds associated with some concept that uh, Tennessee passed on the abortion ban or whatever. And so the government says, well, then we're not going to give you these taxpayer dollars that we stole from all these other, the other 49 states that are supposed to go to kill babies. These are federal baby killing funds. And if you're not going to kill the babies, Tennessee, you're not going to get these baby killing funds. And Tennessee, instead of saying, well, you know what? Those funds are unconstitutional, so take them and stick them up your fourth point of contact, as we say in the Airborne. No, they say, but, 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 but we, we really want those federal dollars. It, it's the same thing where the Department of Education is taking away federal education dollars from schools that run gay, uh, gun safety programs. Yeah, you probably don't know about that. Why? Because just like our history, they want you to ignore it so they can erase it. Because, see, if you read 
what the founders actually thought about the federal government gone wild, well, then you might be a little bit more apprehensive of them. So therefore, we have to dumb you down. We have to tear down the statues. We have to call them racist. We have to do whatever we can so that you don't know that Alexander Hamilton knew that the Second Amendment was to protect us from our federal government, not to protect us from the drug dealer on our corner. Although, you can also do that. You have one minute left. They want us to be ignorant. They want us to be stupid. They want us to be distracted so that we become dependent. And so that we don't know that simply by running a gun safety program, which that's funny because I thought gun safety was the big cry, right? But yet they're saying, if you're teaching young kids how to safely operate firearms, you will lose your federal education fund. And 9% of the nation's schools have these types of programs, which in itself is sad. Jen, I could go on, but I think uh, it might be time to go. But if you all want to talk more, I can. Um, Let's save some for tomorrow. It's my favorite. (laughs) Well, it used to be my favorite day. (laughs) But that was an awesome conversation. All right. Well, let's hopefully, let's hope that our state will do something. Goodbye. Yeah, there's just there's just a couple things that I want to get to before um, we get out of here, just because I want you guys to be aware and I don't want to go too late. Um, so let me just put these little bugs in your ear, okay? And again, I'm I, I'm not trying to scare you here. I just want you to be aware. If I know something, I want you to know it too. This is a post from Tony Saruga. I've never heard him of, of him before. He popped up on Twitter today. This is what he's saying: I'm a 39 year intelligence analyst. Uh, I and my team's clients include the United States government, British government, Israeli government, um, Saudi Arabian government, NEOM, Microsoft, Dell Computers, GE, IBM, General Motors Corporation, the Scott Fetzer Corporation, managing Dutch East India. Okay, so a lot of huge corporations, okay? He says, intelligence is never perfect. It's a messy messy business. Rarely can I guarantee it. Many times just releasing it into the wild can stop a false flag or genuine attack. But with as close to 100% confidence as possible, there will be multiple terrorist attacks in the U.S. The attacks will come in waves for the first, or sorry, for the next 14 months. Hundreds of thousands of CCP saboteurs trained to attack our electrical grid poison our water supply, destroy our railways and main highway arteries. Additionally, at least a million, possibly 2 million terrorists are already here from Palestine, Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Qatar, Lebanon, Iran, Somalia, etc., etc. They're extremely well-funded and get this. The Biden administration working with the UN has given them debit cards that are reloaded every month. And then he lists uh, three articles on Hezbollah Unit 910, a sleeper cell already in the U.S. awaiting the green light from Persia to launch attacks. This is just one group of hundreds here to destroy America. Uh, Also, Yemen declared war against Israel today. And Chris Ray was in Congress saying that, of course, in addition to uh, domestic terrorism, 
We also must be aware that Hamas and other uh, terrorism cells are within the United States and could attack. Okay. So there's a lot of signs coming very quickly now um, that things are coming in the next few months. And we we knew that there was going to be chaos leading up to the 2024 election. Okay. But what's happening right now with the war and our open borders and everything, the, the next few months are going to be very chaotic. And now we know how. Uh, inflation is insane. I went to the grocery store today and uh, just looking at the prices, I was like, holy crap. And Jeremy's absolutely right. It's going to get to a point where it is going to be untenable for a lot of people. Unknown caller. I buzzed him. I think the, the audience wants to hear one more call. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility That's instructions right. to register this number. They were invited in, helped in, planned in. Free call, press one to refuse this free call. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. What? Were people chanting encore, encore, encore so loud you had to call me back? That's actually right. We are live. <laughs> <laughs> The people demand Yay! more Jeremy. Um, oh my gosh. I, I wanted to just hit on a couple topics because I, I did want to get your um your opinion on a couple things. I was just reading there's a uh, an intelligence, he works in intelligence and he's saying that uh, basically be prepared for the next 14 months. Terrorism attacks are gonna come in waves. Um, we know that Israel just uh, Yemen just declared war on Israel today. Chris Ray is in Congress. Um, saying, in a, you know, in addition to domestic terrorism, we also need to be aware of these terrorist attacks. So we know that these things are coming and they will be leading up to um, the next election. There's a a story that hasn't really hit the main news uh, cycle, but I want to talk to you about it real quick. This one is definitely flying under the radar. Um. Okay, this actually happened a couple days ago, so it was even coming out late. It came out yesterday, but that was even late. I believe this happened over the weekend. It's in Glenwood, Colorado. Authorities found a 22-year-old man dead. He, It appears that he killed oh, himself. Yeah. Okay. Dressed in yeah, black-colored. Okay. Um, tactical clothing, bearing, pat bearing patches, dead at an amusement park. He was in the restroom. Um, Caverns Adventure Park. He was heavily armed with a semi-automatic rifle, semi-automatic handgun, multiple loaded magazines for both weapons. So I don't know if you'd call that heavily armed, but, you know, okay, he had two guns on him. He was wearing body armor, what appeared to be a ballistic helmet. Uh, multiple improvised explosive devices were discovered with a man and in a vehicle. The investigation is ongoing, still very active, given the amount of weapons, uh, ammo and explosive devices, the suspect could have implemented it. Oh, of course he could have implemented attack, but also just so that you know, he apparently he wrote on the bathroom wall, I am not a killer. And a lot of people are saying this guy escaped his MK Ultra mindset in the last moments. But th things are very much setting up for the for us to see this this kind of stuff in the next few months. Jeremy, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? And um, how do people protect themselves? 
you know, man, you had to bring up this topic in, in just one call because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I've listened to enough expert conversations. I've listened to uh, enough victims of, like you call it, the MK Ultra type stuff. And, and MK Ultra is just one of probably a hundred different program names. Anytime there's even the inkling of spillage or compromise, they just simply change the name, change the location, and continue on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and conspiracy theory terms uh, would be targeted individuals, right? And, and there are too many of these out there uh, to, to not at least think, yeah, this seems a little and you're exactly right. And then when you take that and you tie it with predictive programming. So here's a perfect example. As you were talking about this guy, which I heard the story the other day, but notice the story didn't blow up, right? Why? Because like you said, he escaped and he terminated himself, right? But that seems kind of odd for somebody that went through all that trouble, bought all that gear, put it all on, made entry into the amusement park, and then off himself, wearing all the gear. Well, I mean, you're right. And to leave such a message, and the story that I heard was, oh, well, they, they don't know whether he left that message. Oh, really? <laughs> Come on. Come and on. so you take that story, you compare that to the main story, right? Which that is oddly falling off kind of rapidly um, because probably because somebody started asking too many questions. But there's a show that I've watched that I've been here called uh, State of Affairs. Okay, and it is uh, with, you know, some hot blonde actress. I can't remember her name. But anyway, she's in the CIA or whatever. And there's literally an episode about a a very similar situation. Right now, the the story behind it is uh, this uh, this uh, Islamic terror group has infiltrated a bunch of white people and is using white people as the terrorists. Right. They've converted them into following this group and are using every run-of-the-mill white people, right? And one of the situations was one where the guy's at a park and he's supposed to blow up a bunch of kids at the park, but instead, at the last minute, he said, I can't do it, and he offs himself, right? Yeah. Almost exactly the same scenario. And then you look, I mean, and we, we talked about this, and, and I, 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 I haven't seen the quote myself, but in one of the documentaries that I've been working with, the guy said, are you familiar with the DHS, uh, the director or whatever, from 2014 when asked what were the major threats facing America? And one of the three threats named was veterans returning from war. Okay? Mm -hmm. And see, I personally believe that, and, and Look at Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis couldn't run out fast enough to proclaim his tyrannical stance on red flag laws, right? Yeah. And I have a particular love for hating uh, the Florida red flag laws and their unconstitutionality because I was told by law enforcement, Tampa PD prosecutor and the Hillsborough County prosecutor that I was the first person in the state of Florida to have a red flag 
hearing go my way. And I was told by the judge himself, Judge Figueroa of the 13th District of uh, Circuit District in Florida, he said that he had personally overseen 60 of these red flag hearings and that mine was the first one that he ever granted. And so this was a, a hearing in order to the government's parte risk protection order, a.k.a. a red flag order, which unconstitutionally takes your firearm without due process of law. Now, Ronald Jason gladly ran out there and tell us, oh, this guy, hey, boy, if he was in Florida, he would have been a prohibited possessor. That's the term you use. A prohibited possessor? That's funny. I don't read anything about that in the United States Constitution. But see, this is how quickly they all run out there and jump on these situations. And so, yeah, it's odd that this veteran, that by all accounts, all the soldiers are like, man, that guy was squared away. He's a sergeant first class. And, of course, the media describes him like he's a Green Beret. He was a petroleum guy. And he was a reservist, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, uh, that is a combat service support MOS. And trust me, they're not, you know, they're not Rambos, okay? But maybe he did it in his off time, and that's what made him an excellent, you know, firearms instructor and things like that. But as a petroleum specialist in the Army Reserve, so you're, you're not like some expert seer guy, survivalist, uh, and weapons expert, okay? But it is odd that they made such a huge deal about the fact that he was a veteran, the fact that he had mental health. And why is that? Because it ties in to the narrative of which you've seen this in many Hollywood movies. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your service to uh, Dog, with Adam Tatum, right? PTSD, PTSD, PTSD. And there is a movement out there to declare all veterans as having some level of PTSD. Why? Because guess what? Now they're all targets of these red flag laws, of which everyone's beloved governor, Ron DeSantis, touts. We love our red flag laws here in Florida because they're as unconstitutional as anyone. But see, this is what they want. They want law enforcement, Jen, you have PTSD. Why? Because you were in law enforcement and how could you see that right there is a mental health condition, which means you're automatically subject. All your neighbor has to do is say, uh, I think I saw Jen out on the porch crying. Hell, you could have been cutting onions. And they'll know that you're law enforcement and they'll be like, oh my gosh, she's got PTSD. Let's go there and take all of her guns. And you're like, no, I was just cutting onions in the kitchen, right? This is the state of affairs that we're facing. And so were these targeted individuals? I don't know, but I sure know that these stories don't make a whole lot of press. Once people start asking questions, they seem to go away real quick. So these things definitely need to be looked at. But we do know that these types of things happen. We do know that these programs, these mind control type programs, we do know that false flags exist. I'm engaged currently right now. I'm caught up in one of the largest ones. And isn't it funny that I've always referred to this as the modern day burning of the Reichstag, mm -hmm. uh, which is what you know Hitler used to gain power in Germany. And now what do we see? The Jews being hated against, once again, 
So after Hitler burned the Reichstag, then they started demonizing the Jews. Now, after they burned the, the Reichstag on January 6th, now what do we have three years later? Everybody hating the Jews. It's like history is rhyming. Yes. And so, Absolutely. but now here's the funny thing is that now everyone's turning against the left. So it kind of almost goes along with Martin Nehemiah's poem, right? First they came for the patriots, but I wasn't a patriot. But now what are they doing? Now, Governor Hochul and all these people are in response, you know, this artificial response that, oh, we never knew that our colleges were so radical, right? Yeah, you didn't because I did, and I haven't even gone to the college campuses. I just paid attention. But now, what are they saying? Now they're saying, we need to now monitor the communications of these radical cultural Marxists, right? So here are the very tools that we've been saying they're using the censor us and surveil us and turn the military, industrial, and intelligence complex against us, the American patriots. Now they're able to say, oh, we're going to now turn that against the cultural Marxists. And who is clamoring for it? Well, the patriots, right? Instead of us saying, whoa, 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 your illegal surveillance is just as illegal against the people that we don't like and who we don't agree with as it is when you use it against us. But see, this is how they do it, the back and forth. No one is safe. No one is safe. Look look at China under Mao. China, you, Mao used the young people, just like they're using the young people now, to murder all the, the four old. And then when they were going to kill the four old during the cultural, the color revolution in China, then he turned his infrastructure against the rabble-rousers. It's the same thing your investment all talked about. That's right. Yeah, hey, I got, the, I got the target packets, and it was these Marxist journalists that were you know, friends to Mother Russia, you know, friends to the party, friends to the Soviet Union, and now I'm tasked to murder that guy because he knows too much, right? Damn. He's too much of a troublemaker. Sure, we use them as a useful idiot, but you know what? We've run out of other useful idiots to murder, so he's next on the list. You're all on the list. Just where are you on the list? Yeah, it seems like this never stopped. Um, you were just talking about Nazis briefly and just reminded me of all the Nazis that were in Ukraine and were just pumping money over there. And then you follow World War II and never really ended. We bring a lot of the Nazis over here. We put them into... Um, the highest echelons of our technological and space exploration and, you know, for engineering and, and all these places. So they get housed here. They go to South America. There are still Nazis over there in Europe. We're only two generations away from those people. Those people procreated and they're trying to take over again. And now it is a global takeover. So you have one minute yeah. left. Yeah, we're just we know the Nazis are still alive because Canada's bringing them up in front of their parliament and sort of applauding them. Yes. And then when they get busted, they say, uh, oopsie. Oh, wait, wait, what? Huh? Huh? He's a Nazi? Oh, we, we didn't know that. Yes, you did. Yes, yes you did. Right? Yep. You see, this is why we have to constantly be vigilant and call them out. Just like we circumvent the state COVID resurgence. See, we're all supposed to be dead of the second 
third, 15th round of COVID on October 31st. Remember, we're all supposed to be all wearing masks, back to getting three vaccines a day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But yet we called it out and we averted that attack. This is what we have to do. We have to turn the light on because that's how you get rid of the darkness. That's do you right. want to talk more, Jen? <laughs> Thank you for using sure. Securus. Goodbye. Running a marathon tonight. Let's see if he calls back. Um, yeah, once you follow where these people went, it hasn't ended. And again, you follow the money. Look deep into what's going on in Switzerland. How was it able, they've been able to maintain neutrality. And I'm not talking about the common Swiss person. I'm talking about the leadership. I'm asking why is Klaus Schwab housed there? Why do they have their WEF conferences there? Look at the police uniforms that are worn at the WEF conferences. Okay. You're, once you go down these rabbit holes, it's very hard to unsee. I think that's why a lot of us are here in the first place, but um, to learn even more about what we don't know. But things are quickly getting revealed. And as that's happening, we are having chaos thrust upon us, not just Americans, all over the world. And we are the last free nation of a, a nation that we thought was free but has actually been under attack for quite some time. What do you do with that information? Now you understand why so many people are asleep. We are slaves to convenience. TK Martin is in the uh, chat here. And they were saying uh, that we need to get rid of our cell phones. We need to get rid of all these technological advancements. And in, on one hand, yes, I absolutely agree with you. Um, on the other hand, you have Elon Musk driving electronic cars that are unsustainable, trying to colonize Mars, which is straight out of the movie Elysium. I literally saw today a man in a med bed. Those are on Elysium in the movie. Um what else? The the list goes on. Okay. Oh, something else Elon said today was, you know, humanity is basically at risk because of the population. We need more people, but he, the wording he used wasn't, we need to procreate. It was, we need to create more life. I think that was the way he put it. And all I could think about were the pods that were created. And I believe they created them in Germany. I wouldn't be surprised if Japan has them as well. This is where babies are going to be made. It will be recorded and maybe monitored. Just like the Matrix. They're making a lot of women infertile with the fluoride and the chemicals and the this and the that. So we are not far away at all. You may start the conversation now. I'm pretty hurt. I'm pretty sure I heard you say call back. Jeremy Brown, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard right, right. We're doing a marathon Let me make tonight. this point because I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to make this point the last two calls, and I'm okay. all too caught up. Okay. Uh, look, everything is connected. 
all right? That's the reason why we come here to fuse it together, together, right? I'm not, I'm just, I'm not just preaching at you. Like we, this is why Jim breaks in with your comments because you're part of this. We have to all figure this out together. That's why I was the show to be the fusion cell, right? Do we have all the answers? No. I mean, what other podcast or talk show do you tune in and the and the and the host tells you that we don't have the answers, right? But the point is that we figure them out together because we're all being deceived. We're all having this stuff hidden from us. And so if we can each find our little portion of the puzzle and bring it together and converse in the third dimension with each other and then spread what we figure out to everybody out there, well, then we'll be able to defeat them, right? So it, the, the point of tonight's uh, episode I wanted to get out there was that I call on the state and my state of Florida to fulfill their duties and responsibilities and recall and reclaim their authority before their cowardice and complacency becomes complicity that will get tens of millions of Americans killed in the war that these demons are trying to start. And so we can stop this by not participating in it, right? Foreign entanglement were not something that our founders were very fond of, right? But those who want power use foreign entanglement and use boogeymen of foreign invasions and foreign enemies in order to promise you security so that they can rob you of your liberty, right? And whether it's Mark Levin and he's calling you an isolationist, okay, that's fine. That's his point of view. But Israel doesn't need America's help to beat Hamas or Hezbollah or Yemen. Come on, right? It's all a big facade. And you know what? If Israel does need help, uh, well, you've got an entire continent just a few miles to your north called the EU and NATO, that where are they at, right? It doesn't always have to be America unless, unless America is who you're trying to destroy by involvement in all of these foreign entanglements, running up its debt so that it basically collapses upon itself under the weight of its overbloated federal government and military-industrial complex. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, they built the hammer, and so every problem is a nail. And that's why the FBI, that used to be a bunch of nerd accountants just a few decades ago, even though they were still corrupt and political secret police, they were mostly accountants, now all run around and pretend like they're in Delta Force. Oh, man. We have a lot of work to do. But... um yeah, this is a really good episode. I think we, man, we hit on a lot of really good topics. And um, I want to do Marina Abramovich soon because that that has a lot to do even with what we're talking about now. Her history, what's going on behind closed doors, uh, what this, I mean, there really is a, an undercurrent economy to these parasites slash elites um, that's running concurrently with what we're talking about right now. So, uh, well, we'll, we'll hit and mm -hmm. there is a nexus. 
connected to the occult. Yes. Right? I mean, look, yes. the Nazis, I mean, Nazis is a term, it, look, I, I, I hate even using the term, but the bottom line is that they're all the same, whether they're Marxists or Nazis or fascists or communists or globalists or World Economic Forumists or Iranian, whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all tied to this evil, right? It's why Klaus Schwab and all of his clowns at the World Economic Forum, which is meant to be the executive branch of the world government, right? Think about this, and we've talked about this. The world government is forming right before your eyes, folks. You have the legislative branch, the UN, who, by the way, the UN Human Rights Council is about to be chaired by none other than Iran. Hmm. There's no coincidences in politics or geopolitics, right? Do you honestly think that Iran is going to be the head of the human rights portion of the UN at the same time that we're about to start war with Iran? Come on, people. Mm. Come on. Excuse your brain. But see, the UN is the legislative... The UN is the Congress of the world government. The World Economic Forum, under a memorandum of understanding with the UN, has established itself as the executive branch of the world government. We already have the International Criminal Court, which is the judicial branch. So there are three branches of government. But wait, there's more. The World Bank and the International Monetary Fund are the Treasury Department of the world government. The world government's formation is complete. The only thing they're lacking right now is the DOD slash DOJ of the world government. But they're working on it. NATO will fill that role, right? See, the International Criminal Court has issued warrants against Putin and whoever else, right? Never George Soros or any Nazis, but Putin has an arrest warrant, except the International Criminal Court has no no means to arrest them. Not yet, but they will. That would be the last branch. You see, it's forming right before your eyes, and, and we just all live in denial. And so all of these things that are happening are all connected. The, the attack against the American people the, uh, the attempt to disarm them is so that America can be brought in line with their globalist agenda. They're all making treaties outside of the requirements of the U.S. Constitution, climate or this or that. They have all their economic uh, arrangements and, and, you know, we're doing business with our enemy. I mean, come on, folks. Do, do you honestly think that, that, we're just making this. You honestly think that this is just some crazy conspiracy theory stuff? Look, listen to them. I mean, they dress up in their little space alien suits and talk about the sons of Elohim, right? Yes. I mean, they actually do that. They literally get up on stage and talk about how they're not able to fool us and that we don't trust them. <laughs> but they know, right? But they have one thing going for them uh, that too many of us don't believe what they say. And so we go about saying, oh, how about them books? Right? Yeah. I mean, 
we've really got to wake up to what's going on or, or we're going to suffer the consequences. Yep. You're absolutely right. I mean, the more it, people are going to get really uncomfortable, but it's going to happen for some people, just like Yuri Bezmanov said, they're not going to notice what's going on. They're not going to realize until that boot is on their face. And then they will come to the realization. It's like they want Biden to come right out and say, you know what, folks, I've been deceiving all of you. And even if he said that with the receipts, a lot of people still wouldn't believe him. No, they put him up to that. He wouldn't do something like that. He's a good man. He wants the best for us. Okay. The man's a reptile. They, I mean, <laughs> they all, they have done this, right? I mean, how about COVID? During COVID, they're like, oh, no one can go to restaurants. No one can do this. And then they get caught, right? They're all laughing and joking. And then they come out with, oh, it was an error. On my, I mean, Nancy yes. Pelosi, like, oh, no air salons can be open. And then she gets caught on a closed circuit. And just her hair done with no mask on. And what happens? The, the hive mind, mind-numb, robot, useful idiot attack the salon owner for releasing the video. I mean, That's folks, right. th this is the world that we live in. Yeah, I mean, it's called corruption. I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to tell. I mean, I, all I can do is come here every day and say, look, here's the latest thing I heard. And this is what I think it means. And, and I don't know. I know many of you have the same frustration, right? Because you probably, uh, you know, Jesse Kelly refers to him as Norm. Norm and Norma, right? Which is hilarious. But yeah, I mean, you have people out there that are suffering and yet can see why they're suffering and yet their their cognitive dissonance, their normalcy bias just doesn't allow them to add two plus two to equal four. They're like, no. Somebody told me it equals five and I think that's why. <laughs> right? I mean it really, it really is crazy and, and it's frustrating. But, but let me explain to you because I've seen what it looks when someone comes to the realization that Yuri Bezmenov spoke of. In fact, I just saw it yesterday. This is what it looks like. It looks like an elderly woman sitting on a cold steel stool in orange scrubs breaking down and crying because she realizes that she's in jail and she doesn't know how she got here. And she's mumbling and babbling to herself about how she was just out walking her dog and this and that. Now she was probably on drugs or did something stupid. I don't know, but that's what it looks like. The person that isn't paying attention to what's going on and then to someday rounded up and thrown in a jail cell because they said the wrong thing, they liked the wrong tweet, uh, they didn't pay homage, they didn't give a Heil Hitler when Joe Biden went by. Whatever happened, yeah. whatever the excuse of the time is, right? Maybe she said, I kind of think babies are cool and they should live, right? I don't know. But she just looked around and was like, oh. Oh my gosh, I'm 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 in jail and there's no one here to help me. And I, I, I was just living a regular life and now I'm not living her. That's that's what it looks like. And it's sad. It's heartbreaking. 
See, I didn't cry when I first got thrown in jail. I was mad as hell because I knew that I was coming to jail the night that I went public with what the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force did. I was prepared. I mean, granted, I've cried many a night into my pillow because I shouldn't be in here. But see, I didn't have that moment of, how did I get in here, right? Because I was prepared. And that's what we're trying to do here is prepare you, inform you, point out the dangers so that you can inventory your time, talent, and your treasures and apply whatever it is that you think you can apply best to make a change. Maybe it's just meditating or praying or talking to your neighbor, whatever it is. Doing something is better than doing nothing. Because the, the only thing evil needs to try is for what? For good men, men and women to do nothing. That's right. Man, unexpected deep conversations tonight. Lots, lots talked about, lots revealed. Um, do you know uh, what's on the menu for us tomorrow night, Jeremy? Whatever, whatever you want. Oh. <laughs> if I, I, you know, I like my costume so much. I think I'm going to wear it again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, that costume's getting old. So you got to get you. You have one. one minute left. All right. Well, thanks for uh, another. Man, we're just getting. This is dangerous, right? We might be creeping into a two hour show. Watch out. Hey, but just remember this. If we're going to save the world, we need to do it by buying Trump honey. That's the only solution. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's At least save the make world. the pain, the pain sweeter with your purchase of Trump honey. And again, the purchase of Trump honey does not mean that Jeremy Brown endorses Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but if he starts fighting like he said he was, then maybe I'll think about it. All right, Jeremy, thank you very much for being here and for all your wisdom. All right. Very much appreciated. Of course. Thank you for all this. Thank all of you for listening. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Bye. The caller has hung up. Oh, R.D. Hayward is saying, uh, Michael Yawn recommends a book, When Money Dies, about the hyper uh, hyperinflation in Germany after World War One. Yes. I love Michael Yan. Um, he's been out there in the field at the Darien Gap. This guy reads. Michael Yan reads so much. I mean, if he's not working out there, he's he's reading. So he also has a mind like an encyclopedia. He can just bring those facts right back up. So thanks, Artie Hayward, for bringing that up. Um, everybody, thank you very much for hanging in with us tonight. Thanks for being here. Happy Halloween. Uh, I hope everyone has a safe night. I mean, the night's almost over, so stay home if you're home. <laughs> Don't go out. It's uh, it's scary out there. So we will see you tomorrow night in the Fusion Cell. Everybody, whatever you do, don't do nothing. Have a good night. World domination. Same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day.
shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. It was a great word.